Welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Captain Marvel, and I'm happy to be joined by The Rewind's Marvel correspondent, my friend Maya. Maya, what's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm just I'm excited to talk about this movie. I think we've been waiting a little too long for it to come out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, Captain Marvel's obviously the 21st Marvel movie and the first one with the female lead, so uh, too long is probably an understatement, but uh, here we are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, Captain Marvel, though. It stars Brie Larson as the uh, title character, but it's directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, so there you go. It's the fir- also the first uh, Marvel movie to have a female director. Though she's a co-director, but uh, they're a couple, so it was kind of like they're a package deal. They make their movies together. They've made a lot of good movies, too, so probably talk about a little bit about the sensibilities they brought to the movie. But our, our main character, who uh, goes by Vers in the first place, Veers, excuse me. Right? Veers. Veers. <laughs> Initially, it's like, I, I feel weird, like, giving, like, any kind of pot summary and then, like, calling her about other things, because she's just, like, Veers at the beginning. Uh, she's tra- yeah. she, she's on the, she's she's living on the, the Kree planet of Hala. Veers is training as a member of this uh, group of spies or some people fighting on behalf of the uh, Hala known as Star Force. She's being mentored by uh, a, a man named Jan Rog, played by Jude Law. I think, can we agree to just call him Jude Law so I don't have to keep saying that name? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, as, as part of their, and she's, but she's receiving like training on her uh, mental and uh, headspace, uh, mental abilities or headspace, whatever you want to call it, from uh, Supreme Intelligence, which is in like an artificial, artificial intelligence I guess that's that's the noun. It's an artificial intelligence uh, who takes the embodiment of whoever like you respect most in life. But she's un- confused why it's Annette Benning. But like I, I think we can all respect Annette Benning. So uh, maybe it shouldn't be. I that feel confusing. like Annette Benning's talents were not used as much as they should have been. I, she is just such a dynamite actress. I feel almost sad hey, that she was only technically she, in the movie for like. But she probably minutes. got a lot of money, and she's going to be able to go make other really uh, interesting movies now that are not as big budget because she probably made a lot of money from doing this. So good for Annette Benning for getting that check. Uh, Veers is on I am a- gunning for the kids are all right too. Yeah, very I, I, that was a very unsatisfactory ending. I didn't know if you'd seen that movie, but they they give Mark Ruffalo a really raw deal, I think. There's a lot of unresolved stuff there, if you ask me. So maybe they can get the band back together. I mean, Josh Hutcherson kind of blown up since then, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but then, so yeah, Veers is on a mission with Star Force, and uh, they're, they're going to rescue an undercover person, uh, undercover Kree person from an area that's under the control of the Skrulls, who are these shape-shifting aliens they've been at war at forever. Uh, the Skrulls capture Veers. She escapes from them, and a pod and inadvertently just gets sent to earth in 1995 and off we go so uh my i guess where i want to start is i i mean i think you had some level of familiarity with uh captain marvel uh just from the comics going into this so what was your like your relationship with the character as you knew her and just big picture initially like how the movie do and just capturing what you thought this world was going to be so just to give a little bit of backstory before I kind of go into yeah. my personal opinion, let's talk about the comic book lore of Captain Marvel. Please do, because so I'm Cap- pretty ignorant. So, so Captain Marvel is introduced as a male character um, with the um, the name Marvel, which we end up finding out in the movie is an Benning's character. So that's plot twist number one, but a nice little Easter egg for the comic book fans. Should um, I be calling it Captain Marvel when I say the movie's name? I know. Call me Captain Marvel. <laughs> I, although that was a really nice Samuel L. Jackson play to try and, you know, ease in the name, because let's be honest, not once did they said the words Captain Marvel in this entire movie. Right. Yeah. The only reason why we know her as Captain Marvel is because if you look at um, her plane, it has it in quotations, which is a very, very nice um, addition there. But 
so in the uh, whenever they introduced Captain Marvel's character, it was introduced as a man. There are a couple of iterations over there, but eventually, actually, Monica Rambeau, who we see in this movie as an 11 year old girl, was the first female Captain Marvel in the 1980s. It was not Carol Danvers. Really? Carol Danvers was no, I'm sorry, in the 1960s. So in in the 1980s, Carol Danvers was introduced and she was known as Miss Marvel. And they kind of changed her name around a little bit. In 2012, they introduced her as Captain Marvel. So she is actually not the first female Captain Marvel. Little 11-year-old Monica Rambeau, who hopefully they end up doing something in the uh, Avengers Endgame to add her in there as an important character. But it's kind of like a little bit of a... um, you know, a hint to some people who are really big fans of the actually, comic book actually, that she exists. I actually had a little bit of a problem with Monica Rambeau in this movie. She is 11 years old, and Carol went away when she, six years before, so she's five. And it's like she knows, like, every little thing about Carol. Like, when you're 11, do you remember everything from when you were five? Like, they should have just made her, like, 14 or something, or, like, 15. And then I would have, like, been a little... It's like she, like, recognized her immediately. It's like, I don't know shit from when I was five. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I This girl has suspiciously good you. memory. Um, but she, but she also has a lot of spunk and everything. And I think, yes. I don't know, I'm just having a hint that that's going to come into play at some point in the future. Okay, good. Because you have you have um, two characters. You know, her mother's character um, is also somebody who is known in the comic books. So I think her nickname, Maria, is Photon, if I remember. Hmm. But um, so you, you have that sort of as a kind of calling to the people who are fans of the, the Captain Marvel slash Miss Marvel, um, you know, storyline. And to them, they're like, okay, it makes total sense that she is, um, in this movie that she has the, um, you know, the sisterly bond with, um, with Maria. And it's, um, it's something that to me, you know, watching this movie on Friday, same time that you watched it, I I'm, I'm seeing this and I see, okay, I understand exactly where they're coming from. I understand why they're adding Carol Danvers, um, some people who are fans of the comics might be a little bit, you know, already hesitant that she is um, somebody who's going to be introduced as the Captain Marvel. But truthfully speaking, the way that they added the storyline, the way that they sort of introduced her character, you you don't necessarily have an, a typical origin story. Oh, yeah. So yeah, she doesn't have a typical origin story because the first time we ever meet Carol Danvers, she's already has powers. They explain yeah. it later on. I kind of felt wanting for more. Like there was no introduction. There was no title sequence except for the, the beautiful homage to Stanley. Um, well, but, I think, but well, I think as far as like the beginning, like, I mean, I, and I'll say right now, I, I like the movie, but I think one of my issues with it though, was that I, I didn't like the first part and that people like kind of groan at origin stories, but I, I don't, I'm not, I don't find them that objectionable when it's like someone we've never seen before. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. then, then you can get an idea of what they were like before they got their powers and it gets you an idea of who that person is. And here it's like, and I get, I get it. People like whenever this new Batman movie comes out, they better not show like Batman's parents dying again. Like we've seen hundreds of times. We don't need that origin story again. It was refreshing how like when they introduced Spider-Man into the MCU, like we didn't have to see him get bit again. Like we, we, we like he was just already there, like at a different stage than the, the movies normally pick up. Like that's cool. Do it that way. And here, like I think they're trying to kind of circumvent that traditional origin story because people don't want them. But 
instead we pick up at a point where she like carol doesn't know who she is and she's not really fully formed as a person because of that and she has some funny moments but at the same time like i think it's just more interesting like watching like the person being themselves as opposed to like spending half the movie not really knowing who they are and like yeah it makes me more excited for captain marvel too and she's gonna like fully be herself and uh because we already saw glimpses of her like having a sense of humor and stuff but like i don't think it's as compelling to watch the person like just not really be sure of who they are for such a big chunk of a movie well i think that regardless of not being sure of who she is she still very much had you know kind of a, a center personality a center um sense of surety of um, you know, what she represents or what she feels her um, obligations are, you know, that that never really wavers. throughout. Well, 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 she, no, she's been partially manipulated. It does waver because she's led to believe she's like fighting on behalf of the Kree and that she that's the good thing to do. So that that's solely your mission at first. Oh, no, of course. But I'm talking about when we're introduced to her is regardless, like you, you know, that she's having kind of not necessarily doubts of who she is, but she, she, she wants to explore that a little bit more, but she doesn't, um, you know, she's been there for six years. She doesn't doubt where she came from. She very much trusts Jude law and she, um, she is a very obedient soldier and she's very proud of being a soldier. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that has been consistent through both of her storylines because when she was, um, you know, Carol Danvers back on earth before she was, um, you know, Captain Marvel, she very much followed Annette Bening's, um, Marvel's, you know, orders. She was a very accomplished pilot at a very young age and that takes somebody with a lot of discipline. So I think that that, um, you know, sensibility carries throughout just because she's having uh, an identity crisis of her her memory and where she comes from. It doesn't mean that she's lost her sense of self. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, th- I think I would agree with that. But I guess figuring out and I mean, it was very disorienting watching it, like having seen all the visions and stuff. And at first it was kind of annoying, but then like, I, I got it. Like that's kind of probably how it's feeling for her, where she's like getting glimpses of everything. And at the same time, I do think she like has a, she has a moral compass, which is pretty consistent. I just think like, I probably like enjoy it a little more. If like, she is like not trying to like put together a puzzle the whole time, but it's more just like, fighting a compelling bad guy the whole time and i guess it is a unique movie and it's just not simply like fight the bad guy like it's uh, a little bit more of a journey than that but i don't know i think maybe it's just like a personal preference thing where like i just i i think she's like a little more interesting if like she's already like fully formed as a person with all of her memories a lot sooner than she actually is I agree, but I think that they have to expedite this storyline for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you have, you know, in May, Avengers Endgame coming out. Clearly, she's not only playing a very big part, but, um, you know, as a lot of comic book fans know, and I'm not going to, you know, spoil that, but um, she, she already has a connection in some way to Thanos. You know, he, he has been in her existence before, so there is going to be some, um, you know, potential animosity there. So you've got needing her storyline to be at least concrete enough to introduce her as a fighting force or somebody who's going to tip the scales in Endgame, number one. Number two, I think that, um, you know, naturally Nick Fury said it best. She's saying, well, you know, I'm here as a soldier. I'm here to, you know, um, to defeat the bad guy, to defeat the scroll. That's my job. And he says, you know, I know a rogue agent when I see one. You are somebody who has an ulterior motive. What is it? And she goes, I, this person is a link to my past. And while that is her 
clearly her main objective, she still is so, uh, so diligent in making sure that she is fighting the scroll. Granted, we end up obviously realizing that she's been misled. She has been manipulated. She's been lied to. And the scroll are actually not the enemy. And then she is, I feel like doubly diligent in making sure that she finds a way to circumvent any hurdle that comes in her way to make sure that the main objective is to be reached. She is a soldier at the end of the day. She needs to make sure that she is, um, you know, defending the right side of the war. And that's what she ends up doing. And I, I don't see any Im- impeding um, force really once she ends up getting that confidence in herself, once she ends up realizing who she really is. I think that the, I feel like if they had clued her in or she had had, um, you know, any less confidence in herself, that would not have come as easy. But th- I've never seen a character um, in the Marvel Universe portrayed on screen with such like an innate confidence. She doesn't need to gain that. She already has it. She just needed the answers in order to realize, oh, OK, I know who I am now. I've already known who I was. I already knew that I was able to do this. But now I know that, you know, there's nothing that's going to stop me. So I'm just going to go all out. Yeah, she takes out the chip or whatever that the crew are kind of using to um uh, control her somewhat, and that makes her all the even more powerful. And I've heard some people say, like, "Well, man, is it even is it even all that compelling when someone's like that powerful? Like, once once she like totally gets it, like nothing can stop her." But at the same time, like you said, we know Endgame's coming. Like Thanos is a whole other level of powerful from like, what what we see in this movie. Um, what did what did you think of like the before we like get too far into the second half of the movie? Um, right. What did you think of what the uh, and again, like I, I don't care if you say a spoiler or anything. Like millions of mm-hmm. billions of people are going to see this movie. We're not doing a spoiler section. But um, as far as like the first half of this movie, when she does land on Earth, uh, one of the other reasons, though, maybe that I, I just didn't want it to be so much of a puzzle of her like having to like put together her past, which the thing is, like, I feel a little conflicted also continuing to bring up that as a criticism because I actually did like that. That is somewhat necessary to have the the reveal that we have about this about the scroll, which I actually thought was really interesting. And I liked how that was done. But at the same time, like we do spend a lot of this first half of the movie, like her uh, putting together this puzzle when like, I kind of just wanted to be a little, even a little more immersed in the 90s of it all. You know, like we see that we see yeah. that I think people were pretty excited for that. Just there's a lot of nineties nostalgia going on maybe these days as people our age are becoming of a certain age where we can like spend more money in and, and consume that kind of pop culture. And like the it was pretty much the one the, there were two things aside from the soundtrack. You had the uh the blockbuster, which was already in the trailer, and then a, a radio shack. And then after that, like that the the, the the chase is pretty cool. Um but then all of a sudden, I, I, how about going to the internet cafe and oh, having the internet yeah. cut out and reconnect? That got the biggest laugh from the audience that we ended yes. up. Um, so I'm forgetting, I'm, I'm forgetting that one. That's a good one. But yeah, we spent we do spend a good chunk of time after that, like just in that whatever government facility it is they go to, and um, and then it's like she's in a car with Fury, and it is a nice '90s throwback to have Samuel L. Jackson in a suit driving around a car in Los Angeles because Pulp Fiction, but. Uh, of course, but, but at the same time, like, and then we're off. Like, I, I feel like you almost, I, I like I, I, in general, like, I just don't know if I love that first, like 30 minutes of the movie. Like it didn't feel like it was edited together as smoothly as it could have been as she's just like going around Hala doing different stuff, um, attacking the scrolls. Like I, I just wasn't as into it and maybe it's because it's just having to do a lot of exposition and world building and it's just a little more laborious in that matter. I, I yeah. think you hit the nail on the head though. They had to do a lot of world building just to show where she came from in, um, you know, opposite of where she was for the last six years 
the like Wakanda was such an amazingly cultivated world in the technology that they had, mm-hmm. but it is clearly so far beyond in what they have in Hala. That that is just wonderful technology. They really kind of build a universe saying, you know, regardless of what we're going to be presenting to you, Captain Marvel for the last six years has been experiencing otherworldliness that only really Thor had that kind of capability. Um, so in order to, you know, fight somebody who is a destroyer of worlds, you're going to have somebody who needs to have that sort of experience and somebody who has the technology to boot. So I think you have that number one, number two, um, I, I agree with you in that they spent a little bit too much time, you know, building that they didn't necessarily need to, but it was still kind of cool to see. Regardless of anything, I, I completely agree that they should have spent more time in the 90s world. They had so much ad campaign <laughs> and so much ad money put into really giving you that nostalgia factor only to give you a couple of tidbits. I highly doubt that they had such a difficulty with licensing that they couldn't kind of add in a little bit more flair to it. It's not that so much has changed. It's that you're right. Kids who were younger in the nineties are now older. This movie is kind of appealing to them and to their kids. Mm -hmm. So saying, Oh, you know, the blockbuster is where mommy and daddy used to go and rent a video. Do you know what a (laughs) video is? Like those kinds of elements that I think would have been really special to see. But I, I think to play devil's advocate, it could take away from the rest of the, the, the movie in a way you, you have to remember that we're concentrating on the building of one character who foreseeably is going to kill Thanos. You know, I, I focusing on her and her growth is important. I just don't think it's as important as focusing on what her strength and capability is. And we only get a couple of minutes of that kind of sucks. Maybe they run out of budget. I don't know. But I, I think that. Oh, you mean you, you mean you mean you mean as far as like the length of the battle scenes at the end? Yeah, it's yeah. just tiny. Yeah, there's, it, it, it definitely strong, wasn't as big but... in scope. I mean, and as, as far as the amount of stuff going on, which is fine. I don't need a yeah. I don't need a city destroyed every time they do one of those. It was conspicuously not at a city. Um, in in the same way, like it, like in like. Uh, Batman v Superman, like they were just yeah. like a, they were like at some abandoned warehouse on the edge of Gotham or Metropolis, or wherever they were. It was like one of those, like we're gonna make sure no innocent people die in this movie, which which is fine. But it was like, yeah, we're gonna be in the desert, and there's not gonna really be any kind of uh, anything besides like this, her shooting this ship down in space, and yeah, but like. It's whatever, but she I guess. She down in space without doing anything. She just ran through the ship. She flew through the ship. Yeah, and it, it, but but yet she can't. She can't destroy a guy who's right in front of her. I don't know. There was like this inconsistency. All I know is that the second that, and I would, like I said, we're, you're right. We're not going to delve into the second half of the movie just yet as much, but do, whatever, moment, go, do whatever you want. <laughs> that moment where she started floating and her eyes started glowing and she started glowing. I'm like, Oh my God, she's exactly like Brandon Ruth's character for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> it is. I, and she played the girlfriend, which is even better. Right, right, right. So I'm like, cool. They brought that back. So clearly, she's very strong, and I'm very, I'm very excited to see more of this. But like, is that the origin? Is like the origin from being somebody who's oppressed and manipulated, who's allowing other people to control her, to being like totally, you know, ability, like, totally having the ability to kill a, a god killer. Like I, th- that's really where I'm coming from here. I, I. 
Yeah, I just I, wish that we could spend a little more time with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, uh, more so than any 90s stuff, I guess it is important establishing her. She's going to be like such a big part of it. I, I guess I just was like so tired of that first part of the movie that I was so excited when she got the earth. I was just excited to like watch her like walk around different places and like do interact with like 90s type things like the Internet Cafe. I, did, I guess I just thought there was going to be a little more of that. I do respect the fact that the movie yeah. got, got in and out in two hours because a lot of these movies are like super long. So like good for it for still doing that um but speaking of origins though uh what what'd you think of this uh, thing about this the origins of what we know today is shield and getting to see early um er, early nick fury and early uh phil colson digitally de-aged i was very very happy to see not only that the fact that they did it as well as they did but they did it throughout the entire movie i know that that's very difficult to do i especially you you have them only doing it for bit pieces during Ant-Man where they uh, digitally uh, retouch Michael Douglas's face. But my God, did Samuel L. Jackson look like he looked like in the 90s? It was remarkable. Mm. Clark Gregg was only on screen for a couple of minutes, and I enjoyed that. I mean, we haven't seen him in the MCU on, you know, the actual movie screen since, um, you know, since the first Avengers, which... It's it's nice to have brought him back for people who are Angels of Shield fans. I'm sure that they were really happy about that. But the the I, I wanted to just like touch Samuel Jackson's face. It looked so flawless. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. And they've been doing a lot of digital digital retouching um, in Disney movies recently. I mean, you know, obviously Rogue One is a very good example of that. But th- there's nothing that was as remarkable as the way that they did it in this movie. I think that it was just, I, I almost did not recognize that it was a CGI. It was that convincing. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was fun too. Just like, I mean, not really knowing the origins of shield myself. I don't watch the TV show. I've not read the comics, uh, to see him like kind of take it in stride when like it was, I mean, he, he's a little suspicious, which he's like, yeah, there's aliens here, but then they're just like totally with it. And it's like, all right, well, I mean, if these are the, who knows exactly what shield's role was before, if they didn't even really know aliens were a thing at this point, but like they are, they're pretty on top of things. Like, uh, once it, once it gets there and it, it kind of, for a little bit just kind of turns into like a, I don't want to say buddy cop movie, but a buddy movie with him and Brie Larson. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed just watching them hang out if nothing else, you know? I think you could tell that they enjoyed it as well. It was a, it was a lot of playfulness over there. And, the, you know, the fact that – and I, I realized I made an error earlier in the podcast. Like the fact that he uses the, the Avengers initiative as an homage to her, and that was the name that was on the side of her plane, not Marvel. It was Avenger. Oh, yeah. I almost corrected I, I, you, but I thought, I, I thought maybe I forgot something. I no, like, no, no. It was me. It was totally me. Yeah. Um, it's because of that time change, man. That daylight savings Yeah, we're recording this on the Sunday of Dave's day. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so for every... Not to, you know, ruin the illusion of um, podcasts and release dates versus recording dates, but... This is going to be up two days after we record, so I don't think any... It's not going to not be timely, but yes. Oh, Um, so everyone is still going to feel it then. (laughs) Yes, yeah, hopefully they don't forget to just totally download the podcast because of it. But but continue with your point. No, I, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, you can tell that he clearly trusts her so much that his dying breath, he makes a call to her. He knows that no matter what's going to happen, no matter what he has the capability to do at the end of the day, she is his fail safe. She is his, um, you know, savior. And the fact that they ended up having that sort of touched upon at the end of the movie with the, um, the end credit scene, 
where we see a couple of the Avengers saying like, whoever Fury is calling, clearly this person's important. Clearly this person needs to be contacted. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it kind of shows the kind of, um, relationship that they developed over those couple of days that like he can see that there, this girl is, is not here to play. She is here to get the job done. She is a soldier and he respects the crap out of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed just like, like I said, I enjoyed just seeing that relationship build. I mean, and he, Nick Fury hasn't been in a movie for like a Marvel movie for this long. I don't think, I mean, he shows up in a lot of the movies. I think he's in a good chunk of winter soldier, yeah. but like, I mean, this is the biggest role he's had in one. So I, I, I'm glad he was able to rise to the occasion and that the, uh, digitally de-aging stuff like didn't feel like too hokey. Uh, I mean, if we, if we didn't, didn't if, about that. what, yeah, I didn't think about that. I mean, he's he's he's, 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 he's in a ton of them, but like, how how many of them is he in this much? I don't think any of them. I mean, it's, maybe the first one he was in for a good amount of time, but he was definitely like more of a supporting character, not a main character. He's usually that's, just that's, there. He's usually just there, sitting in a chair in someone's place when they walk into it, being like, "Oh, hello there, Iron Man," or something like that. You know, he's like there, like <laughs> catch 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 someone off guard, and like you're Nick Fury, or who the hell are you? Uh, that, that's, yep. that's usually his role for like a couple scenes, and that's basically it. So, I mean, I, I I just thought that was pretty cool. But I mean, there's like this whole other kind of cat and mouse game, which is like. Uh, just getting to the scroll stuff, which is pretty interesting. It's through the car accident or whatever, but he's like there when a when a scroll is killed, and you're like, oh well, well that, now he's a believer, and he had to deal with this, and um, he's kind of caught on. And then we see like though when they're at the morgue, we see uh, his boss is played by Ben Mendelsohn, and we think like, oh well, and then, and then we get tipped off, and it's like, oh man, we have now this whole thing like, who's going to know what? When are they going to find out who that this guy's not actually Ben Mendelsohn? This is the bad guy, and you have this whole sequence though through the governmental building that they go to to un- uncover all the files and there's the cat and mouse game in the elevator there where it's like oh just like we did at that at that one at that at that one job and I, I don't know like i i it's where it's where ben mendelson like really started like between that and then the sequence when they get to louisiana i mean i i i thought all that stuff was done pretty well like i, I mentioned earlier i i was a little worried that i was being a little too hard on that first half of the movie because it does allow for this whole reveal about like where, yeah. how she's been brainwashed and like oh no like the scroll are actually good like i enjoyed that whole sequence of the movie even if i was like man we're spending a lot of time inside this government building when i want to like be out doing the 90s things like uh it, it it allows you to it ramps up the the factor of thinking that ben mendelson's the bad guy and then they pull the switch well that if, in conjunction with if you're a fan of star wars or if you've seen any other star wars movies recently you've seen rogue one and if you've seen rogue one you know that ben mendelson played the bad guy in that movie. or if you saw ready so, Re- or ready player one i don't know if you saw ready player one right yeah. exactly so you automatically are disposed to thinking like well of course he's the bad guy mm-hmm. he, he is you know a character actor playing bad guys like that's that's just what his role is yeah and i i think that you are so right that setting that sequence in a way does such a justice to the plot twist of the movie yeah, it just really and it just really I builds mean, him up as the bad right but the thing is it's also it is such a a metaphor for you know blindly following anybody without kind of checking the the facts there you know just because they said oh yeah well these these guys are the bad guys and we need to kill the scroll i she just blindly follows them she's like well i know this to be fact this is the first thing i remember they're telling me this this is fine and she never questions that so to have her kind of come to that realization that you know she was a soldier of the wrong war i think that there there's so many different applications of that throughout film history but it was just done in such a delicate way that 
the audience is automatically, um, you know, predisposed to think, well, of course these guys are the bad. What do you mean? Like he's lying for sure. He's lying. He always plays a bad guy. <laughs> um, but in his very affable Australian accent, uh, he just really, I love the way that he was able to play that dichotomy between the two characters. Well, I also, just thought he was wonderful. Well, well, then they, then they, so they end up like escaping the government building. You still, at that point, you still think he's the bad guy and her and Fury get to Louisiana and they just all of a sudden exactly know where Maria Rambo lives. So they, they show up there yeah. and they're in her house. And, and then it's like, then, uh, well, you should say that Ben, I mean, I, we can call him Ben Mendelsohn if we want, but I mean, his character's name is uh, Talos. Talos. And Talos then shows up, and he's in the house. Then you see like, an, uh, and then you see like another one of his uh, sidekicks is out there playing with um, with Monica, and it's like, oh man, like they're about to just like totally own them. And then like, there's this moment before like it's totally explained because it's more explained like when they like actually listen to the tape of the cr- plane crash, and then he explains it all, and then she's like, oh okay, I believe you now. They have this moment where it's like he's still in the house, and he you still think he's the bad guy, and then he's like, all of a sudden he's like really funny, like he's scared of the cat. And (laughs) he's like, and he he makes another joke and it's like, oh man, like, I kind of like, I kind of like this guy now before we actually realize he's not the bad guy. And I'm like, man, maybe there'll be some way where like, I can still like, kind of like not totally hate him. And I'm like, it was like kind of a relief then for the movie to then turn at that point. Like, it's not just like, it's not, it's not just like they're giving the villain like a funny line, but like for a second, that's what I thought it was. And it's like, man, I want to like this guy now. (laughs) He's just a very charming performance. When you see a dude on screen, whisper to a cadaver of an alien, like I'm going to finish what we started. You're predisposed to think that this person's the bad guy. I mean, like it's really hard for you to let your guard down. But but, but that line now, it totally makes sense when you know the full story also. You know, yeah, of course. And dude just wants to get his family to safety from the bad guys. I feel so, so bad that I mean, granted, clearly they are all powerful. They have so many, you know, amazing characteristics of being able to change into whoever they want Mm -hmm. with a limited short term memory that has to come in handy very easily. I don't know how they were able to differentiate between them and the other people minus asking the questions in order to get, um, you know, certain proprietary information to pass their identity tests. Right. But, but that being said, I, I still don't necessarily think we were exactly given a full explanation as to why the Korean and the scroll are at odds with each other. Like they, they kind of touched upon it. Um, but not really giving a, a good enough full reason why the Cree was so horrible to them. My my my, fr- my friend Adam, who's uh, um, been on the podcast a few times before, he said that the whole entire Cree skull thing was just like an allegory for like Israel and Palestine, and that the movie took like I'm a huge like the movie took like a big pro Palestinian uh, message. And I'm like, I don't feel qualified to analyze that analogy, but at the same or er, er, allegory or metaphor, whatever you want to call it, uh, but at the same time, like, what does that make, Carol? You know, it's like I can yeah. kind of I, I can, I can see where you're going with that. But at the same time, like there's not some like overwhelming, uh, powerful force just hovering above the Israel-Palestine conflict or even if you want to call it like a Mexico-America thing, like trying to keep out people that are different than you. Uh, but it is something like that where it's like if you just want to think about it, like a lot of the while a lot of the Cree are kind of blue, like they still look more normal than the scroll. And yeah. uh, I don't I mean, it's kind of weird that like there's Jude Law who just like looks like Jude, Jude Law and then all these with other ones are just blue eyes. Yeah, 
but then like but like at the same time you can kind of imagine it being like a long standing thing where it's like they might have just like fought over I mean if it's not religion maybe they fought over something just because like they were just very racist and they didn't like the alien looking people or something like that like it could be an origin like that but I was gonna yeah, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna ask you if like there was the, the comics lent any more context to that or not but the, the, um, the comics do I just don't remember honestly okay. I, I would like for them to have explained them right. in the movie a little little bit more versus like oh we hate those guys we gotta kill them i guess i just kind of took like, it at, at face least, value and i wasn't at that point i'm like i don't need more exposition i get it they've been at war whatever let's keep let's keep it moving right exactly they, they've been at war but at the end of the day what what is a war worth fighting for when you don't know why you're fighting in the first place and i guess i it, think it, that it probably, and then uh dr lawson or uh marvell like her her decision to defect from the creed probably does um mean a little more if you do have more context for like the dispute dispute in the first place i guess oh absolutely and you know i definitely think that um you know someone who's a little bit more scholarly than the two of us will define that metaphor a little bit more as to why that the two of them are at odds and why um you know lawson does such a you know a bold thing in defecting from them and, and being right you know taking a very very big hedge but at the the you know, at the risk of kind of being a little bit, um, you know, forward about it, you know, put, putting these kind of savior metaphors in these movies, it's, it's kind of drawn out at this point. There, there's so many of them. And, um, and I, I kind of wish that they would, there would have been something a little bit different about it versus like, well, you know, at the end of the day, she was fighting for something in secret and nobody else was there to help her. And we were all, you know, hiding out like this is not the first time that we've seen something like that in a movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was the first time in the Marvel um, universe. I, I can't necessarily think about it, but I, I feel like they already did the metaphor of the, um, you know, the evil Nazi ish, um, you know, Red Skull. Right, right. That that's 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 already overdone. Um, just some other qualification for it, other than well, we hate those guys. Would have been nice. Again, they did that as well with Thor. If you think about it, uh, how so? So, um, where Loki comes from, his family, um, where he really is, where he really belongs. They were at war with uh, the Asgardians for many years, and. Um, you know, Odin was um, like waging that war, but we don't. Ex- there's no explanation why. It's just war was happening. I've kind of blocked like, out the first two just- Thor movies. <laughs> oh, Thor was Thor was pretty good. I mean, Natalie Portman deserved better, but yes, Thor was Thor was not terrible. Ragnarok was supreme though yeah yeah it, it, it makes the other ones pale by comparison. But I mean, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying though, as far as just like. Might not want to get like two in the weeds with villains of those type, maybe. Yeah, I, I just you want people to have depth, you know. Mm-hmm. At, at you, unless you're really throwing them away, which at this point they really are. They're going to throw away this whole skull creeping. Um, it's it's not going to be pertinent. But if you have a Captain Marvel yeah. two, at least delve into it a little bit more. At least delve into you know how maybe there is some sort of grand. Well, I want to talk about thing I want to, I want going to say, on with all yeah, these. Yeah, I want to talk about it the, that at the end, actually, because there, there's a lot of directions they can go in uh, with that. But yeah, before before we get there, um, so the just let's just uh, f- finish talking about the plot because there's actually not a lot left because, like you said, it kind of 
finishes up very quickly and cleanly at the end. Yeah. Uh, but like, so they, they leave, they leave Maria Rambo's place. Um, cause, and they said, Hey, well now we need another pilot. And her mom's like, and, and then Cindy and, or Monica, excuse, I don't know why I want to call her Cindy. Um, Monica <laughs> in one of the less subtle parts of the movie is like, mom, isn't it important to have strong female role models? You need to go on that plane. Even if it means you might die and never see me again. She's like, you're right. I am going to be a strong female role model. And leave, potentially leave my daughter without any parents. So then she does. Uh, or- translated as to oh you're right we did write this in 2019 that makes sense <laughs> like so, I, I mean like that, the, the, the 90s were not like that right. they really weren't but i you know what i did chuckle i thought it was like i'm like okay yeah we we had to put that in there it's international women's day i get it i loved it sure let's, yeah yeah but let's yeah, not delve into it a little bit more <laughs> yeah i mean like it, it was a little on the nose in that regard but i mean she is a cute the, the actor the actress is very cute like you said so we'll forgive her for being like way too young to have remembered all those things like as i was giving your crap for earlier uh but they so then they, they do end up flying up they find uh lawson's uh cloaked di- uh camouflage or invisible cloaked ship and where she had uh led a bunch of different uh scroll to safety including uh talos's family and it's like very touching and like Man, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, to be able to act in the way he does under all that makeup and be so just show so much emotion. Yeah, very, very impressive. And for more, he could talk in that makeup either. Like it looked like he couldn't even speak. I mean, that was like the part of the movie that like really like worked the most for me, or just like impressed me the most. Because at the beginning, I'm like. I mean, this does look like the kind of makeup you might see in like a '90s kids TV show or something like that. Or the, Doctor uh, Who. Or, or that the, the, my first, yeah, my first. Well, what is it like? Episode three of the the new Doctor Who, where like they have like those different aliens that come in and are like yep. in part in <laughs> Parliament, and it's like, what the hell am I watching now? Like Doctor Who got better with its effects as it went on, um, but like I, but I mean, like that's what I. Th- that, that your head goes to that or just other '90s stuff. It's like okay, you want to give these things a '90s look, but I'm like, this still does kind of look ridiculous when I first see the scroll. So then at the so then at that point when they're on the ship and. They're like reconnecting and you see all these refugees basically i'm like man like i'm like feeling very emotional watching what they're they've obviously been through and connecting with this family and i'm like man it's very impressive that this movie was able to like go there um just with all this other stuff going on to like make you feel something for these people like or these these aliens is really impressive to me i i agree and i think that there are other um you know it, it reminded me a lot of um cloverfield hmm how so you know Am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of District Nine. Oh, okay, yeah. District Nine. It reminded me a yeah, lot yeah. about. Okay. So I know that that's also a little bit on the nose. Granted, that's a an allegory for apartheid. Right. There, there are all these different allegories for you know real world things. But I, I think that when when you have, you don't really see many cohesive family units in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it was nice to see that. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, or, I or, or, or I, we are, we've already mentioned Star Wars a couple times. Star Wars is maybe the worst offender of like uh, <laughs> having having terrible fa- having terrible terrible uh, parental figures. So I mean, yeah. we're we're in space now when this is happening, and it's like, hey, here's an example of a space family that's stuck together despite the fact that everyone in Star Wars is, is terrible absentee parents. But uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, and if you think about it, Disney doesn't do a very good job at that historically. No. So- <laughs> So it, you're right. It was a nice change. It was it was so heartwarming to see mm-hmm. that. And I'm like even thinking the entire time. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna die. They're gonna die. Oh my god, someone's gonna die. Someone's gonna shoot somebody, and that's gonna be it. And uh, like, I don't want. I don't want this, <laughs> you know, at all. And you know, we do have um, his character shot at the end of the um, the movie, and I'm just like, great. Another another Disney moment where you got somebody just 
you know, finally things are working out for them and they're going to be fine and you're just going to kill them. Great. But that's like basically the worst thing that happens to our heroes for the rest of the movie. You know, so as we said, like they end up getting on the ship and they Thank kind God. of find it back. Well, he doesn't die. I know, but like you thought he was going to. No, yeah, it, it was bad. Now I was, I was really worried that they were gonna like take that nice moment away from us, and uh, but they don't. I mean, they, they get on the ship and they fly That's away, true. and they're not really in danger at all after that. And then Carol just like kind of, um, just kind of kicks ass, and then the- and, and like I definitely I have some predictions if I, if I can wager that this is not going to be the only nice family unit that we see happening in in a Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know Marie Rambeau seems pretty single to me, and Nick Fury seems pretty available. And what if you see the two of them getting together, and he raises Monica to be superhero at the end, and helping Captain Marvel in Avengers Endgame? I don't know. It seemed like to have some well, sort of chemistry. Interesting that you say that, because, I mean, one thing that people have talked a little bit about this movie is that there's just not really any kind of love story at all. Um, I mean, not that like there, there've been others that haven't really had much of a love story. I mean, you know, I mean, or or where it's been like a small, small storyline, you know, like just Captain America, like it's not a big part of that, even if he kind of has like love interests in a couple of the movies, you know, but well, she doesn't need that. She doesn't need that in order to propel her story. But I think if we're trying to add an X factor, and I'm, I'm just saying there's I'm no element. There's no, there's no, there's no, even if it's not her, there's just, there just wasn't any element of that at all in this movie. So it's interesting that that's one of your predictions is what I'm saying. Right. And that, that was fine by me. There didn't need yeah. to be anything. No. It did not need to be sappy at all, but I'm like deferring to the source material here. At the end of the day, Carol Danvers is not the only Captain Marvel. We've been introduced to three of them and only one of them is an 11 year old kid. And if we're doing 1995 to 2019, I don't know. There's a good amount of time. My brother was born in 95 and he's a grown ass adult now. So, well, so yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. It's kind of funny. I mean, like if you want to get really, really big picture with predictions here, you know, like we're about to come to the end of this phase. We can, if, at, the end, at the end of this, we can even make a few end game predictions if you, if you have any, because um, we'll, be, we'll, we'll, be, yeah. we'll be back to talk about that. And I can't believe that like they're putting these movies out so close together. Like, um, but like it's coming out less than seven weeks, basically. Um, but yeah. like, I mean, people, they had to do that. They're, they're expecting some people to die in that though but it's like like carol danvers is expected to be like be like the new one of the new main people to lead them into this next phase of marvel is just what phase four or something so like in theory like carol danvers could die at the end of like phase six five or six and then like you said monica could take over or something like listen i i personally have a theory that uh the marvel cinematic universe is not going to last past the next phase i and i know that's like a very bold tragic theory but the more that you extend it, the less special it becomes. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, you, you, you're not wrong. But, like they make so much money, though. Like they make so much money, but like at the end of the day, it's going to be a little bit saturated by like really you're coming up with the same idea over and over again. It, it's just so there's certain things that aren't interesting, and it's you know it is important to know that this is one of the lowest rated um, Marvel movies that they've come out with, and I think like for the plot, um, you know, inaccuracies that you and I have both mentioned, and then for kind of the lagging and choppy you know, lines and character um, introductions that they brought in, it's not as strong of a movie. It's definitely something that it, it is important to note as much as I was so happy to see finally a you know main superhero that was a female portrayed on screen. 
it was just not the best of all of their movies. That being said, did, though, did, 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 what, I, I mean, do you think Wonder Woman's a better movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I think and not only, you know, me just loving Gal Gadot and just being like, you know, for months afterwards telling everyone I need to find Ares. Yes. <laughs> I think it is a better movie. <laughs> I, 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 I actually like I me mean, as, as simple as like the end of this movie was and like how easy it was. Like, I, I really don't like the end of Wonder Woman. Like I might actually enjoy Wonder Woman as a whole better. Cause I just like in, in much the way like, where I was just like, wasn't really feeling Carol as a person for a lot of this movie. Like I really feel like you get to know Diana much better. And I think yeah. that's like the most important thing and the stuff with, um, and the stuff with Steve's really good too. And I, I don't know. Like I, definitely better but like i mean i i see what you're saying though it's it's still important to see this in the marvel universe it took way too long it it's, it took way too long um there's no there's no reason why it, it should have taken that long um except for the fact that they might have had like trouble getting a greenlit other other than that there's really no reason why it, they took as long as they they could they could have done another a, year ago they could have done a black widow movie like three years ago like she's been around long enough you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, if if they and that's had apparently this, in the works now. and I'm, yeah. well, yeah, it is in the works. I, I I've heard a couple things about it. I don't know how they're going to do it because there is predictions that her character is going to die in Endgame. It's probably going to be just a an offshoot, um, you oh. know, origin story for her, which would be got, very. It would be a cool. Civil War. I don't need to. I just give her her own real story. You know. Yeah, no, I I want to learn how she became, you know, a dancer, very competitive, and then was <laughs> trained to kill people. Like I, okay. granted, they made that movie. They made it with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made that movie, True. but I'm still down to see it. Okay, um, and there, there's, um, you know, there there are other things that they can do with the universe, but to overdo it will be to have it lose its luster. And that's what I think a lot of um, people are concerned about. It's going to make money no matter what. Sure. But is, is the greed worth the loss of the, the um, inherent value of the, the plot lines, the connections that you have with the characters? You don't want to saturate that. Well, yeah. But like you said, I mean, a lot of these are, um, I mean, like, there's other Captain Americas. I guess there could be other Iron Mans. There's obviously different Spider-Mans. I mean, you can go different places with these things. Um, let's not depress everyone too much and talk about the demise of MCU. Uh, this Because I, I want to talk about where this where this specific character heads, because uh, this movie ends. She's on she's on Earth, but then she jumps off, and presumably to go help the help the scroll find a new place uh, to, to be safe. She comes back very quickly. Well, yeah, she has to come back very quickly. Uh, oh, no, I mean, not really, because, I mean, that's 1995. I mean, comes back in, like, 2019, I guess, or whenever. Uh, well, he, he contacts her, presumably, a couple of days before that, because they're, they're still tallying up, and we're, you know, obviously, now we're talking about that um, end credit. Um, they're still tallying up the deaths. It shows that three billion deaths, like confirming that he killed half of the people. No, I'm saying that. I'm, and, no, I'm saying this one ends in '95. So I, I, that's what I want to talk about. The next movie is that like there's like 24 years in theory. If you want to say Endgame's happening in 2019, there's like 24 right. years of time in between when she like jumps off at the end of Captain Marvel and when Fury calls her back after a and none of, of that years. is important. Well, that's what I I'm wondering. Guarantee you, none of that is important. Okay, so I didn't. I mean, I was talking to my friend Charlie after we saw the movie. It's like, are they going to make Captain Marvel? to like happen as like something that happened in those 23 years because I, I i'm not really as interested in that like i'd like to presume she found a safe place for the scroll and then like let her like go off and do her own thing in modern time i think the only thing that is important to note is that there is some sort of and i just in case they do bring that up in endgame i don't want to talk about it but there is a comic book storyline that has captain marvel 
and Thanos at odds with each other. And I, and that's all I have to say about it. I think that if the only thing is to bring that whole storyline into light, sure. Okay. But I don't think that it makes sense to do that before Endgame. Like, I mean, okay. after, sorry, after Endgame, there's no point to it. Right. Well, I mean, you're just going to cause more questions at the end of that. I don't, I mean, I, don't I know. guess, I mean, I guess we can assume maybe Thanos is going to die in Endgame anyway. And then we don't need to like worry about that being the case. And they can find some other story to tell about Carol after the events of Endgame. And I, I'm, I'm glad you, you can confidently say you don't think they'll tell some story about what happens in 2000. Cause I'm just not as interested in that. Um, I'd rather it be something no. different. Are, are you saying you think you know too much about the comics to like make that many in-game predictions? Like, do you have anything nope. you want to? Nope. There's there's no reason to predict anything that's going to happen in Endgame. Oh, okay. They're they're not going. They're clearly not going to source material for a lot of very important things. They're they're creating their own little universe. They have every right to do that. They've already said that there are multiple parallel universes. So everything that they're doing technically can still be canon. Okay. I mean, you you have that also. And how many times have you seen a comic book where you have you know somebody die and be reborn? I mean. Uh, Spider of Spider Man um, into the Spider Verse did a really good job with saying that there are multiple universes out there. They're multi. They're multiverses. Anything can happen. Anybody can be a similar character, a different character. Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker. Who is to say that right. they're oh. they are not going to just create their own, you know, bastardization of the comics that will still fit in in some way, shape, or form? But there's no hints towards it well i agree that anything can happen that we had this discussion when we talked about infinity war last year i'm just like i don't believe these people are dead so i don't really care that much because i know that like they can do anything to bring them back you know um uh, we'll see what that is we'll right. see what what thanos needs to do but there also might be another infinity stone it could be a time stone you never know hmm. yeah well we didn't talk about the tesseract being in this movie i mean did you have any like thoughts about that and then we, we didn't talk about uh the cat um yeah uh yeah goose goose yeah so i mean i, I totally skipped over that i mean like the tesseract it's like i don't, I don't want to call it a mcguffin because it's obviously like very important but it's like it just kind of shows up in a lot of different places throughout these movies and it's like all right well he, it's hanging out with this cat for a while uh, we don't really know well when... for a while the tesseract was the only indication that there was anything otherworldly happening in the marvel cinematic universe Right, right, right. That was that was really the only thing that ended up giving people sort of a clue, like, okay, they're going towards Infinity Stones. They're going towards that. And for comic book fans, that was the clue. But um, I, I think that the cat who, by the way, the comics is named Chewy after oh. Chewbacca, huh. but Goose after the character from Top Gun in this movie. That was an interesting change. Um, but, but Goose clearly has a different Tesseract. Oh. That's not the same one. That That is a modern day Nick Fury's desk. And that cat is still alive. And that Tesseract that that cat threw up is not the same wait, one okay. that ended up being the Time Stone. Well, I had this discussion right after we left the movie. I'm like, wait, is that, is that cat throwing up the Tesseract supposed to be happening in modern times? Is this a really old ass cat? Because then my, one of my other friends I was with was like, no, that was an old computer monitor. That was happening in the 90s. So I, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I, I do not think so. I think that that cat is not a real cat. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think that what it's throwing up is a new test run. Wait, I think that it's, not, was, it's not a real kitty cat. Are you? I, I thought it totally thought it was. The octopus tentacles and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no cats are just like that. I yeah. know I'm a dog person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, okay. So I didn't know there were multiple takes on it when that post credit scene was actually happening. That's um, my thought okay, on it. Okay. I didn't pay attention to an old computer screen. I thought that was a a more modern desk okay. of Nick Fury. Okay. And that's what that was. I mean, like, so, I mean, the cat, I could the cat survived Thanos' finger snap. Um, I mean, I the, the cat survived the finger snap. It was, you know, 50-50 chance. Yeah. But I think that if that cat is throwing up that Tesseract, either, I don't know. I, I have reason to believe that that is important for Endgame. That's not that it is just a right. joke because it's a hairball. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um. Do, do, do we? Uh, did you have any thoughts on the music in this movie? Like, I mean, it was uh, amazing. Okay, so you're you're a fan of the um, just a girl uh, fight scene? I didn't, yes, know, I, 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 I didn't know if that was. So I, I I was of two minds about it. I'm like, all right, this is very on the nose to play this song in this moment, but at the same time, I'm a fan of like ironic music choices for a fight and like just hearing songs like that. Like that's why I mean, I the stuff in Guardians never gets old for me. Like I just like hearing like fun music during fight scenes. So I'm like, this is fun. Even though I can acknowledge that like you could not have picked a more on the nose song. Right. And I mean, we can already tell that they are just the, the people who work in the, um, you know, Marvel offices, they know what they're doing when it comes to soundtrack. I, I think it was just, what do you think of playing so Nir- Nir- Nirvana as she is like going towards Supreme intelligence? Like I was like, this yes. is interesting. Yeah. I'm like, this is, I've never thought of this song in this way, but yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm about it. I mean, they're saying um, come, come, it, it, was, it was come as you are. And it's like, Oh, a lot yeah. of the movie is like them telling her to like, to like all the Cree people are like, you got to like not be emotional. Like that's, that's like, it's like, that's signs of weakness. And like, you know, like that's typical women being all full of their emotions or whatever. And it's like, it is saying like, you know, like be yourself. She can use that to her advantage in her own ways. You know, it's a, it is a nice message and it's sometimes maybe there, it's a little obvious about it, but at the same time, it's a very worthwhile message. Right. And I mean, throughout the movie, she's also wearing a nine inch nail shirt, which I, I loved as well. <laughs> but I think the, the homage to nineties music kind of goes beyond that because you not only have no doubt singing, I'm just a girl with, you know, I mean, Gwen Stefani is still topical to this day. So thinking about it, that's a song from the 90s and she still looks like she's 30. Like that, that's just a nice kind of callback to people who are, um, you know, modern fans of pop culture. Mm -hmm. But then you also have a song from Hole, which is um, led by, you know, um, Kurt Cobain's, I'm going to say, widowed wife. Courtney Love, yeah. Yeah, Courtney Love. I, I don't know if they were married, they were together or something like that. But so you you basically have like the homage of the 90s not only coming out, obviously, in the blockbuster illusions, but in the music. And I think it was um it, it was something that was very well utilized. Mm-hmm. It was not overdone. It did not feel like it was overdone. Um, and uh, to use it as an emphasis of showing not only the times that they're in and, and being um with the, with the right timeline, they're also using very amazing female, um, you know, singer songwriters. And it's just, it shows kind of like the yes, girl power, rah, rah, this is Mm -hmm. a female superhero. It it makes total sense why they would do all of that, but it just, it worked. Who would think in the nineties listening to a no doubt song that, you know, 25 years in the future that they would actually be using that 
in a superhero movie mm-hmm. led by a female character. It, it's just, no, it is cool. You, yeah. It, it's just, it's very nice yeah. to, um, to listen to it over and over again and be like, yeah, there was a fight scene to this <laughs> song. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, uh, I, I know you said you didn't want to, you didn't really want to like waste too much time making like end game predictions, but yeah, I think you hinted at it earlier. You think that you think that uh, uh, Carol's going to kill Thanos? Is that your? Is that the one thing you want to say? Gonna kill, she's going to kill Thanos, or she's going to make Thanos realize the error of his ways. Something like that. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like killing him would be way too easy. And I know that sounds dumb because he's the most powerful person in the Marvel universe right yeah. now. But I think that well, number one it's kind of hinted that she might have some other edge towards him that he doesn't have the ability to beat. But number two, I think that to have that as their solution to their problem, like, let's just kill the guy. I don't know. It's a little bit too, um, too demoralizing for such a well done character. I think that something is going to happen where he's going to realize, um, you know, what he's done, he's going to be overcome with guilt or something. And then he's going to reverse it himself. I don't know. But I I think that if there is anybody who's going to kill Thanos, it's going to be her and it's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. One thing I didn't mention, um, because like we said, we just didn't really dwell too much on that last fight scene. We kind of agreed that like there could have been a little more that went into that. But um, you briefly mentioned now it's like she goes up and she like she um at one point you're like wow she just like kind of flew right through that um she flew right through that ship with like no problem at all and at the same time it's like you see i mean you see ronan for the first time at that moment it's kind of interesting that they like bring him in right there like what did you think of like just having him in this movie at all they have to call back somebody yeah clearly that that is the that is the relationship like i said i hinted towards it a little bit that captain marvel does have a form of a relationship with thanos we know that Ronan is a follower of Thanos, that he is one of his lackeys. So very clearly, Thanos now knows about her. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I, I, and I, I mean, Ronan, yeah? I, I was just going to say, I'd forgotten about Korath, who Jiamin Hansu plays. I'd forgot about him in Guardians. So that should have been, like, I, I guess some kind of tip-off to, like, who the Kree basically were. Um, yeah. They weren't the good guys. And I just, like, I told that went over my head. So then, they, but then you see him, like, hanging out with Ronan, too. So it's, like, I guess they, they, it was, like, kind of a way to, without dwelling too much on it, to tie it in and everything else. So I guess they did a, a pretty subtle, not subtle, but, like, th- they were efficient in doing that, you know? Yeah, and they were, they were efficient in, in doing that. And you know what? Until you mentioned it, I completely forgot that he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that, 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 that should have, like, when you see him with the Kree at first, that should have, like, if you're, like, a really, really, like, have a photographic memory and just watch these movies a ton, like, maybe that's, like, a tip-off to someone at that point in the movie. But, like, it, I, I just, I haven't watched Guardians recently enough to, like, remember that, so... Right. And I feel like they're going to piece everything together. Like we've been given puzzle pieces throughout the 21 movies that they have um, Mm -hmm. given us so far. The 22nd is going to put everything together, give clarity to what they're trying to do there. There's no way that these people have this long game going on without something amazing that's about to happen. If they do, then they've just made billions of dollars for the biggest flop in history. Mm -hmm. I find that to be a little bit more unbelievable than they've got something really interesting going on. But but even so, if that ends up being the case, it's going to be one of the most talked about movies of all time. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts about this one though? Um, Loved it in that, you had a great sense of culture. You you're finally introducing a a great character, but the 
plot lines. I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't find the cohesion. I think that they were seeking to, to put in there. It was just a little bit too choppy for me. So it was good. It wasn't great. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's really a good thing that it wasn't bad. Cause I mean, that would have just like fed the trolls and we, we don't need that energy in our lives. <laughs> and I, I, but I, but I agree with you overall. Like, I mean, I, I like the performances. I, I just wish maybe it had been organized a little differently story wise in that, you know, again, I, I already went on at length about my issues with the first part of the movie, but I think it, if you do rearrange things better, you can spend a little more time on the uh, Carol and Maria relationship, which is clearly a strong one, and they, they really care about each other, but I think you could have had even more time with that, more time with the scrolls, and um, and just, who knows, maybe like tied it in better with the better action scene at the end or whatever, and ha- had more time even to do some of that 90s stuff we were talking about. You know, I just, I felt like there was a decent amount of wasted motion a little bit throughout, and it felt choppy at times, and, you know, I, I just think it could have been a little more cohesive as a whole, which is normally, a, I think, a strength of the Marvel movies, obviously, compared to, like, most of the DC movies. So, it, it's just, uh, and, I, and I really like Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck. Like, I highly recommend anyone that likes baseball, watch their 2008 movie, Sugar, um, about a Dominican baseball player working his way through the minor leagues. Um, it's really good. The guy that plays the Dominican was actually one of the people on the Star Force um, who didn't have a ton of lines. He hasn't acted like since then. Uh, they did Half Nelson, nice. which got Ryan Nelson his first, or Ryan Gosling his first uh, Oscar nomination, and uh, like f- teacher befriends like, a drug addict teacher at a New York school, like befriends a student. Also has Anthony Mackie playing like a drug dealer in it. Uh, another tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe there. So, like, they've done some, like, really good stuff, and it's interesting to bring that sensibility to this movie, and you saw some of that. Like, it did really good character mm-hmm. work with the with the scrolls, and um, and I, I just wish it, we could have gotten a little more of that if the movie had been organized a bit differently. But on the whole, like, I, I still enjoyed it, and I thought Carol was still pretty charming, and I, I like, like I just said, I did like some of the stuff. It just, again, it, it, just, it just still could have been, it could have been better, but at least it wasn't bad. Uh, right, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it's not going to be a movie I'm going to watch and rewatch over and over again. Mm. No, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, my, again, I really appreciate you, um, taking the time to talk to me about this. I know you don't have anything to plug cause you're off of social media right now and, uh, and I mean, not that you normally plug anything either. Cause you're just very nice and you like talking about the stuff with us. And, um, yeah. I hope you'll join us again for Endgame. I, uh, yeah. I, 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 th- I think we'll, I, th- I think we're going to go all out for that. I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to another one of my friends. Um, and we'll do probably do a bigger podcast for that. Um, just cause it, that's like the. It's going to be pretty epic, and I think it'll deserve a lot of our time. And um, well, I will do my research and get my notes correct and ready for it. Yeah, you better not misname any planes anymore. I can't believe you Sorry. did that. Sorry. <laughs> how dare you? How dare, how dare you? Um, no, you're, you're hey, like, listen, I'm blaming the time change, okay? It's a very legitimate reason for me to be loopy right now. <laughs> no, you, no, you, you, you did great. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine you being, uh, being, any sh- being that much sharper just because we had that other hour. But who knows? You, I guess you can, really, <laughs> you can bring your A game for the end game in April. You, so, oh, uh, that was clever. I like that. Yeah, look at me. Uh, time, change, <laughs> time, time change got nothing on me uh yeah <laughs> as usual i'm uh, at josh chernovoy on twitter and letterbox j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y uh i appreciate everyone listening if you um stay tuned i'm sure we'll have another couple podcasts coming out soon like uh, triple frontier which has all those dudes in it i was coming out on netflix and um another week after that we'll have us which got pretty big reviews at south by southwest uh maya looks pretty excited about that um, i'm so excited <laughs> yeah so ever stay tuned for that thanks for listening and we'll see you next time